Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host. I want to welcome you to the most unique show on radio. I use my gift to spirit communication to educate anyone that's willing to listen to the miracle of the afterlife. We currently have over 480 videos on our YouTube channel. We cover all aspects of the paranormal and life after death. The channel's in my name. That's Barry Strome. Good morning. I'm Connie Strome, your co-host. Last week, we had the honor of channeling Wolfgang Mozart and Ludwig Beethoven, two of my favorite composers. Uh, They gave us a great insight into the role of music into the evolution of humans. If you missed it, the show's available in the Voice America archives. Uh, uh, Today, we're going to speak with three wonderful souls whose philanthropy has made great impacts on our world. We'll begin with Fred Rogers, whose show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, helped many children. We will then interview Danny Thomas, the founder of the St. Jude Children's Hospital. And at the end of the show, we'll be with Bob Hope, the famous comedian who entertained the military and supported many charities. I need to warn everybody that when I speak to the spirit, sometimes I don't quite get the words right. Channeling is not an exact science. Uh, we make up the questions ahead of time, but we have absolutely no idea what answers are coming. Now, I do know that the spirits are real, and the information we gain can help lead each listener to a happier life. So please tell your friends about our show. They'll thank you for it. Our first channeling guest this morning will be the spirit of Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers was the author television host, TV producer, and he was also a Presbyterian minister. Better known as Mr. Rogers, he was the creator and host of the preschool television series, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which ran from 1968 to 2001. He was known for focusing on children's emotional and physical concerns, such as death, sibling rivalries, school enrollment, and even the effect of divorce. He truly dedicated his life to helping children. Fred, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Early in your career, you became oriented towards helping children. Why did you follow that path? Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to come back. I enjoyed the last time we were with the two of you. And I totally understand the good work that you're trying to accomplish as well. I always loved children. I felt that they were the key to the future. I always, I always knew that if you could guide the children, they were like little sponges. Now I focused on the younger child, ones that are in kids should be in kindergarten. There are many children out there that cannot afford to go to high price schools to enter the educational system. And sadly, many of the educational systems today don't provide good education for the the truly young children. I felt that I wanted to help. I had a deep relationship with God. I wanted to introduce a show where his policies would guide the young. 
we had some trial and error in the beginning, but we hit the formula for Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It was, it was very successful. Parents knew that they could trust me with their children, that I was not going to give them anything that would be adverse to what, to what they should be learning, that I was not going to misguide them, and that I was going to truly try to help them understand all that was going on around them. Keep in mind just how difficult it is for a young child to understand some of the things that are happening around them. They need help. Sometimes the, the parents are so busy, they're working, trying to support them, that they really don't have the time. I wanted to try to fill that gap, and happily, I think I did. Yes, you did. Your show ran for 895 episodes. What were your primary goals for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? I simply wanted to show the children what is right and to help them understand what was taking place around them. Today, it's so complicated, I'm not sure that anybody understands what is taking place around them, but I tried to make their world, world simple. I tried to put them into a make-believe world where they truly could live without danger, without fear. When my show was on, they knew that they were not in danger. The parents knew that they were safe. I simply wanted to give the young a foundation, a foundation that would lead them into great lives in the future. Do you think you accomplished those goals? I do. As we were doing the show, there were many times that individuals would try to interfere with it or to bring their ideas into the show. But I maintained a very, very close control over it. I prepared the scripts. I was lucky that God gave me the ability to compose music, so I would compose the songs that I would sing. I was very lucky. I had the ability that no one was going to truly deflect my goals or my ambitions with the kids. Throughout the years, I would get so many wonderful letters, comments, people would recognize me and thank me. And especially when I came back over here, my guides told me just how much I truly had accomplished. And it was much more than I thought. There were so many kids that did lay a foundation for God because of some of the teachings that I gave them. Yes, and I thank you for that. My children were included in that. Were there any goals that you failed to accomplish? I don't think there's anyone that accomplishes all of their goals. The aging process makes it difficult to do many of the things that you do when you're young. I would have liked to have continued to show, but things were changing. The political atmospheres were changing, and there were people in the educational world that did not feel that I should be guiding the children. There was much dissension when my show went off the air, but trust me, there are always more, the th more goals that individuals can accomplish. 
Do you see any shows today that fill the gap created when Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood left the air? No. And in fact, I'm saddened by many of the trends that are taking place in the shows that are currently on the air for children. It seems like today everything has to be politicized. I tried truly to remain neutral. I wanted the children to understand that everyone is equal, no matter what color of the skin, what language they spoke. I wanted them to understand that in the eyes of God, all are equal. Today, there's so much dissension in our world. There are extremists, both on the right and on the left, that are pushing and pulling on the children, pushing and pulling on the parents. The inflation is a terrible thing that is taking place. We watch from over here as parents are forced to get second and third jobs. They can't spend time with their families. They can't give the leadership that is required. It's a very difficult time for children in general. The war in Europe is creating incredible hardships for people. Children are even being killed under the guise of, of war. I wish that everyone would simply step back and understand that children are all a true miracle of God. They're a blessing to their parents, and they're a blessing to everyone. The youth today will grow up and become the leaders of tomorrow. That happens every generation. Those youth need to have a solid foundation upon which to grow. I'm totally on board with you. As you watch today, what do you believe are the most important goals that need to be accomplished with children? I think coexistence is probably one of the strongest goals. They need to do away with anger. And they, they need not to hate, and they need to show love. If the children followed those four goals, then you would find that the future would be very bright for everyone. Within a generation or two, you would see that the children have truly become the leaders of the future. Today, it's going to be very difficult for the children. They're just so much that is pulling them apart. Social media, in many ways, is misguiding them. There are so many people that refuse to tell the truth. They simply want their goals. It's a very difficult time. Hopefully, individuals will understand that basics are what is required with the children. What are your thoughts on inner-city children and how they could best be helped today? Inner-city inner children have to be prior, prioritized. Because of where they're living, many of their, children, many of their parents cannot spend time with them. You're seeing individuals that refuse to accept the responsibilities of fatherhood. In my mind, the inner city children should have more money spent on them than those that live in the richer suburbs. 
it's the inner city children that need the real help. They're a huge asset if they're led properly. And they can be a huge liability if they're not. Inner city children turn to drugs, violence, gangs, because there's no other way out for them. The government needs to spend larger sums of money to make sure that they're directed towards what can best serve them. How can social media best help children? Social media could best help children by telling the truth. Once again, social media is becoming a weapon. It's being weaponized by the extreme groups. It's being weaponized by people with social agendas that might mislead the children. And it's weaponized by lies. Children cannot sort out what is true and what is not true. Their minds have not developed to that point that they question. Many of them simply accept. They see challenges. They see what other children are, are challenging them to do. They see the social media influences, the influencers that have been blessed with wonderful appearances. They try to emulate those children. They do not follow. Each child is, its, is a miracle unto itself. It has its own goals. It has its own path that it's going to follow. Social media is playing a role in leading those children away from their true paths. So do you believe that the current educational system is definitely failing our children? Yes, especially since the effects of the pandemic. Many of the children's educations were almost destroyed through the pandemic. They weren't self-starters in many ways. You can see the results in test scores. The children relied on social media a lot more during the pandemic. And as I just said in the previous questions, a lot of what social media led those children, a lot of things that they were taught on social media has been very disruptive. As you watch from the other side, Fred, what changes do you feel should be made in our educational system? I think that all children should be treated equally, same as I did when I did my show. I think that children have got to have a system to which they can adapt. If a child is living in poverty, it should be allowed to choose a school that is better than what it has. Gifted children have gifts of God. It's not something that you should look down on them for. Those gifts need to be accentuated as best as possible. School systems should not be socialized. Children should be allowed to achieve to the limits of their abilities. Today, there's sometimes stress that children should not feel bad because others are achieving. That is not God's way. Each must follow their path. And Jesus tells us that the only way to improve the future is through the young, which you also say. What is the best way to prepare the young for the future? Simply give them a foundation of love, hope, and understanding. Children are like 
little sponges. They'll soak up what they're told. Let them know that the way to happiness is truly to love others and to know that all are, are equal and teach them to coexist. It can almost be that simple. Do you see any hope for the humans in the future? Yes, there's always hope. But it will take people that have to stand up for what is right. They have to understand that the children have to be led. They have to understand what the children need. It is, it is a time that the good have got to assert themselves and save the children from what is bad. Fred, thank you for joining us again this morning. Uh, do you have a final message for our listeners? Yes. In my life, I tried to do a very, very simple thing. I simply tried to take the young and teach them to think for themselves, to understand what is right, and to understand what is wrong. I tried to prepare them for their future lives. I tried to do as much as I could. Whenever I would get in front of those cameras, I realized that I was there for the children. I realized that the young are the most important asset the humans have. If you direct the young properly, then the future generations and the future evolution of mankind is absolutely assured. If you take media, a medium and use it to influence those child, those children to do what is not right, then you're laying a weak foundation for them to build their lives upon. Everyone out there needs to help children. They need to understand that that is the strength for the future. If you take the time to do what is right with the young, then the young will take the time to do what is right in the future. So thank you so much. I am so happy that I could speak once more. I love trying to do the best for the children. So thank you very much and goodbye. Thank you, Fred. You were definitely a gift to the world. Okay, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to speak with the spirit of Danny Thomas. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. We're now going to channel with the spirit of Danny Thomas. Danny was an American actor, singer, comedian, and most importantly, he was a philanthropist. He created and starred in the Danny Thomas show. He was popular at a time when entertainment was fairly wholesome. His greatest philanthropic accomplishment was the founding of the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. St. Jude is a leading children's medicine center specializing in pediatric cancer. So, Danny, thank you for coming with us this morning. Yes, thank you for coming back, Danny. Uh, Please tell us about the vow that you made as a starving actor. Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to come in, and I hope that uh, I can follow in Fred's footsteps. You will. In the beginning, my acting career, I guess there's no way to explain it except it, it sucked. I wasn't doing well. I couldn't get work. So one day, I went into, I was a very devout Catholic. One day, I went into the Catholic Church. I got on my knees, and I made an oath. I prayed to God and to St. Jude, and I stated that if they would help me find success, that I would use that success to help others, that I would try to help the children. I came out of the church feeling much better, and things began to turn my way. I actually obtained much more success than I ever would have. And I felt that it was the only reason that it had happened is because God, it was because God so willed it. When I gained success, I did my best to follow the vow that I made on that day. So, I was blessed, I was guided. My life is a perfect example. Well, not perfect because we all have failings, but my life is an example of what can truly happen when you put your faith in God. Very true. Just how down and out were you when you made that vow? Very much. I didn't know what to do. I knew that I wanted to be an actor. I felt that I had some abilities. 
Many people would laugh when I would talk. I, I was having trouble paying my bills. I didn't have a firm place to stay. I had truly hit bottom. And when people hit, got, hit bottom, they often turn to God for help. Because that is the wisest place to turn. Absolutely. Why did you pick St. Jude as your patron saint for the hospital? St. Jude is, a painter, is the patron saint of difficult causes. I knew that pediatric cancer was a horrible, horrible thing. Imagine being a parent and watching your child suffer and having no way to take care of that child and watching it pass in front of your eyes. I felt that it was an area to which I was guided, and I felt like it was an area where I could do the most good. I believe you were correct. Uh, now that you're on the other side, do you communicate with St. Jude? Yes, we do. And I remember that I was with him when he appeared on some of your channelings. St. Jude is a wonderful spirit. He truly truly can help if you turn to him in prayer he will do his best for you now keep in mind there are many times that life plans will not allow god or saint jude or any other spirit to intercede sometimes life plans include things that are are very very difficult but they're lessons that need to be learned but yes i hang with him over here he is as I said, an incredible spirit, and he's come with me today. So I don't know whether you noticed, but uh, he's standing here with me as well. Well, welcome, St. Jude. Uh, is St. Jude considered a Catholic hospital? No, it's non totally non-denominational. It will give aid to any child that needs it. It is an institution that truly will serve anyone. Pediatric cancer is a terrible disease. Are you satisfied with the progress that has been made in finding cures? We've made a lot of progress, but there's still so much more to do. People have been incredibly generous donating to St. Jude's, and it has become one of the foremost research institutions in the world for children. Our rate of survival has increased drastically through the years. In the beginning, we would see 20 to 30% of the children survive the terrible disease. Today, we're seeing over 60% survive. So that, that is progress. But parents are still losing a great percentage of the children. And it still makes me so sad as I watch from over here. I share the grief with them, and it is overwhelming. That's heartbreaking. St. Jude now has eight affiliate hospitals in other states and annual expenses of over $1.4 billion, funded by nearly $1.5 billion in donations. Do you ever believe that St. Jude would ever grow to such an institution? No. It has exceeded 
my greatest expectations. We struggled to get it started. I was blessed to have some people come forward and financially help, but it was very difficult. We wanted an institution where everyone could be served. We did not want parents that were poverty stricken to lose their children because there was no hope available. So it was very difficult. We knew that we were going to require large amounts of cash every year to pay the bills. But God has seen fit to have the institution grow through the years. He's brought incredible doctors. They've won awards, Nobel Prizes. The powers of God are absolutely unlimited. And when you direct them to such an institution, there is no limit to what it can accomplish. Yes. St. Jude has an international outreach program. Will you explain how the international outreach program functions? We're trying to reach children in other countries to reach parents. Poverty throughout the world is huge. There are many, many countries where they just simply cannot afford the expensive medical installations required to to treat pediatric cancer. Our plan is to try to reach as many, many people as we can throughout the world. The people that are currently running the hospital are attempting to grow as rapidly as possible. What St. Jude can accomplish is only limited by the amount of donations that are given to them. When people donate to St. Jude, they can be assured that their money is going to be used wisely. It is a place where individuals that cannot afford to pay are never charged. We do use insurance when we can. And when people can afford it, we ask them for donations. St. Jude uses an immense amount of capital each year, but they also serve an incredible, incredible benefit to so many. Yes. When you're dealing with cancer, there will be mortalities. Do you ever meet any of the souls that don't make it as they enter heaven? Yes, there are times that I will be there for them. It can be a difficult time for a soul. They've suffered greatly and they have a lot of ad adaptations that have to be made when they enter heaven. So I am often here for them. I try to, to help lead them. There's angels that help. There's many, many family spirits. But it is often good that they can see my presence. And I try to still do what I can. Losing a child is the worst nightmare for a grieving parent. Is there anything that can be done to mitigate grief? Paying their bills is a great thing to help them. There, there is no real way to mitigate the grief that a parent feels when they lose a child. But just think if they were to go to an ordinary hospital and have huge bills on top of losing that child. It could ruin the rest of their lives. The one thing that we do at St. Jude 
is as sure that their lives, as much as it is ruined by losing a child, will not put them into a financial position that they may perhaps not be able to care for their other children. It's a wonderful gift. Are you satisfied with the way St. Jude is progressing? Very much. The people that are running St. Jude have done incredible research. They are leading the world in many ways in pediatric cancer research. They are growing the institution. They are reaching individuals in other countries. They're simply doing what they can. Their only limitation is, of course, the donations because they do burn a lot of expense every year. But yes, I'm very pleased. Will you explain exactly how parents are charged for their children's care? In most instances, there is no charge. We give them the best care available. We give them the access to the most recent research, and we pay all the bills. We will, if they have insurance, use the insurance to raise funds. We do a very, very good job in fundraising. Many people are aware of St. Jude. They know that their money is not going to be wasted. They know that we're not a scam, and they know that we're producing results. So in most instances, the care is free for the child. In 2004, you were awarded the Bob Hope Humanitarian Award. Do you hang out with Bob on the other side? Uh, other than right now, I know you are. And what's it like hanging out with Bob Hope? Hanging out? I, yes, he is. I know he's here, so I got to be kind. <laughs> but hanging out with Bob over here is a very unique experience. You see, souls maintain many of the characteristics that they have in life. They adapt. They do different things. But Bob is a truly wonderful soul. In his lifetime, he helped so many people. He traveled so much, went to military areas. And he did a lot more for charities than people believe or understand. But yes, he and I hang out over here. Sometimes his sense of humor is still a bit warped, but uh, it's pretty cool. That's Bob. <laughs> okay. Um, St. Jude has received many awards since its inception. How do you feel about the accomplishment of St. Jude's as a research facility? I could not be more proud of them. The fact that I was instrumental in their founding is a wonderful accomplishment. So they're the best. That's all I can say. Danny, do you see a cure for cancer in the near future? We're, we are making progress in curing certain types of cancer. What you have to understand is that there are so many different variations that we may be able to find something that will bring a child into remission with one type, but there are still types that, that need much more research. The only thing that is limited, as I've said multiple times, that is limit, limiting the research is funds available. I think that the people have been incredible at supporting St. Jude's. There will be a time in the future that we will have a cure for cancer. Artificial intelligence will aid research greatly. And yes, there will be a time. 
What is your opinion of the pharmaceuticals and their role in cancer research? The role of pharmaceuticals can be good and can be bad. As you all know, they can be very greedy. Cures can be so expensive that individuals cannot afford them. Insurance companies can turn down care because of their great expenses, but they do do research. We work with them all the time in their research departments. We do have some control negotiating better prices with the products that we help bring in onto the market for them, but they can be both good and they can be terribly greedy. Do you have a final message for us, Danny? Yes, I do. First of all, thank you so much for allowing me to speak today. When I founded or got the concept for St. Jude, I knew that it could be a wonderful thing, but it took many, many people to help make it come to fruition. God played a huge role in this. I know there is no way I could have accomplished it without his blessings and his guidance. Now that I'm over here, I truly understand the interactions that many of the spirits had, many of the angels. I understand much more about how things work. I would hope that individuals support institutions such as St. Jude. There's much cancer research taking place, and I would help, I would hope that they would support organizations that are trying to bring care to the poor throughout the world. There are many, many great people in this world. There are many people that want to help. I want to thank all of them that I can, that would take time to listen to this. And I would hope that people would reach into their pockets and help support anything that supports children. So thank you so much for allowing me to come through today. Thank you, Danny. Okay. Very good, Danny. Thank you so much. Going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to channel with the spirit of the amazing Bob Hope. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. At Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. 
Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed those first two segments. I thought they were amazing. And here goes another great segment. Bob Hope was an American comedian and entertainer that became one of the most familiar names in the entertainment industry. He's probably most famous for entertaining the military, often in war zones, through his tours with the USO. He participated in many charities, established a charitable foundation that continues its work today. So, Bob, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you, Bob. You have always had an undying commitment to the military. What was the reason for that commitment? Well, first of all, I do want to th- tell you that those two in front of me was, are, were great acts to follow. Hope I can live up to the expectations. I always thought the, mil- the guys that were serving in the military were special. They were willing to sacrifice their lives to protect our country. Anyone that is not willing to support them, in my mind, had a screw loose. You may not have always supported what they were doing. The Vietnam War was terrible. I didn't fully support it either. I felt that we shouldn't be there. But it was not the fault of those troops that were serving. I felt that I should do the best that I could do. These men were sacrificing. Many of them were dying. Many of them were being mutilated. The least I could do was try to give them a few moments of escape, time that they didn't think about what was taking place around them. Today, the military is still incredibly important. They're the only reason that the United States exists. They need to be strong, and they need to stand up to the terrible terrible things that are taking place in the world. Many people think that the military should be phased down, that we don't need those protections. Well, each time you've done that, you've seen what's happened. We don't have to worry about seeing Hitler here in the upper levels. He was true evil, and he was only allowed to exist because people didn't act against him in time. So I just feel the military is incredibly important. I did what I could. Bob, you're off to a fantastic start, and I'm totally on board with everything you just said. Do you think entertaining the troops is as important today as it was in the past? Absolutely. Even though our troops are, in most instances, living in better conditions than they did in the past, they still know that they can lose their lives tomorrow. They're the front line of defense for the country. They need to be entertained just the same as they've always been. Nothing's changed. 
Not a thing has changed in this world. You would think people would learn, but they don't. We watch over here what's taking place in Europe, and we know that this thing is capable of expanding. Our troops could be asked to live to lose their lives at any moment. Keep that in mind. They need to be entertained. Do you think the government's current policy towards entertaining the troops is adequate? No. I think that much more should be done for entertaining the troops. I know that there are many entertainers in this world that would jump at the chance. Of course, there are many that that would not, but that's on them. I think that the government has got to make changes. I think they've got to allocate more money to entertainment for the troops. The facilities that our modern troops have are very modern. They have access to games, television, social media. They they can do much more. But these guys and women, they're willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. The government has got to do what they need to do. They need to allocate money, and they need to encourage them to stay into the military. It costs money to trade them to train them, and it costs money for them to replace them. Do you wish that you had done more philanthropy? (laughs) Yes, I do. As, As everyone has said so far, you can always do more. I lived an incredibly comfortable lifestyle. I was very, very blessed. I did try to give back. I gave my time. I should have given more money. I wish that I had become more involved with with Danny. I did not fully understand what he was doing, but it would have been a great place to put some more money. So, yes, I do wish I had done more. Your daughter stated that for many years you did from 100 to 150 benefits a year. That's a lot. Why were you so driven as a philanthropist? I knew that I'd been blessed and I wanted to give back. I knew that only through helping others was I finding a lot of great happiness. Hollywood was a cesspool. There were so many people that were looking out for themselves. I tried to do my best to look out for others. And I found that it truly did give me happiness. Sadly, I wish I'd had more time, but I did what I could. Yeah, you did try very hard to be a model for Hollywood. Would you say that most of the actors and producers are deadbeats today? These guys have such great money today. Look at the homes, the number of things that they, the boats, the trips, the parties. They they could do so much more to help people. Look at the homeless in California. They got to drive by those people. They've got to look at them. It's on their conscience. But yes, there are many good people in Hollywood. There are many that still try to help. But there are many that just want to make money for money's sake. What would you tell those individuals of great wealth that do nothing to give back and help others? 
I tell them it's going to bite them in the ass when they come home to heaven. They're going to be judged for it. God blesses those of great wealth. He gives the money to them. He does what he can to help them. The whole idea is that they give back, that they use that money to help others. When they don't do it, they're going to be judged for it when they return. And they're not going to be happy. If you can imagine in this life, a person that has six homes, three yachts, and then when he gets over, they say, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Next time you come back to reincarnate, you're going to be homeless. Think about that. It's real. That's the way it is. You're creating a karma with what you do. If you do not do what is right, then you create a karma that will have to re be repaid. When you do good things, you receive good karma. When you are blessed and do not use it to help others, your karma is not so good. You are right on the money. Of everything you did to help others, what brought you the greatest happiness, Bob? The military, making the military laugh. These guys were in the worst of conditions. They knew they were going to be sent out, especially the guys in Vietnam. It was terrible for them. That was a terrible war. Should have never been there, but we were, and I tried to make the most of it. But when you saw these guys that had just been shot at, many of them were wounded, lost with limbs. When you saw them laugh at what we did, you knew that you were on the right path. Absolutely. You established the Bob and Dolores Hope Foundation. Are you satisfied with the performance of the foundation today? In many ways, yes. I think they could do more. They have a fairly large endowment that they could be using. They are trying to do many different things. I think that there are many ways that everything is fine with them, but I do think that they could do more. What would you like to see them do? I'd like to see them get in, get more involved in service in other countries. When we watch from over here and we see the poverty in some of these countries, these children, they live in, they're destitute. They're, there's children out there that are scrounging through landfills for something to eat. There's really no reason for that. If all the people of great wealth would chip in, they could simply do so much to help others. Where do you think that modern charities should focus their funds these days? Medical research. There are many great institutions that, can, that make use of funds that are dedicated to medical research. Cancer is a terrible killer. Poverty. I think that modern charities should try to eliminate poverty as much as they can. I think that they should educate the children. Bob, are you considering reincarnating? I've thought about it, and I might just do it. 
the way these politicians are acting today, can you imagine the jokes that I could make about them? <laughs> there are so many of them on both parties that are just waiting for someone to have the nerve to make the the jokes that should be made. <laughs> I believe that I might do it. I, I think we need you. <laughs> I, I think that it's a great possibility. Do you have a final message for us, Bob? Yes, I'd like to thank you so much for allowing me to be here. I knew I had a I knew I had to be a little bit different. The two guys in front of me are wonderful souls. They've done so much. And in many ways I try to do as much for other people. I wish that individuals would simply coexist and love one another. I wish that they would help others. There's so many people that need help today. The economy sucks so bad. The inflation is killing people. Individuals are giving up their homes. It's just such a terrible time for many. I may have to come back and take control. So anyway, thank you for allowing me to speak. You know I'll come when you ask. That's what an actor and a comedian does. <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. You are every bit as wonderful as our first two guests. Yes. Tell your friends about the show today, folks. I think it was wonderful. The more people that can listen to those messages, the better it will be. Next week, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to interview three lesser-known archangels. There are tens of archangels out there you've never heard of. We've been channeling them. We're going to talk to Christiel. Jeremiel and Muriel. And hopefully we're going to uh, learn a whole lot. We've been exploring the world of archangels, and it is an incredible place to be. This will be very inspirational. Tell your friends. Currently have nine books on Amazon. They all speak the words of the saints, of the prophets. We've done a book on with God's words, with the words of Muhammad. We've done many things. We wish people would take time to read them. They're available on Amazon, and they're on my website, barrystrom.com. I'm currently making a book about archangels. That should be out in a couple months. I'd like to thank you all for joining us on the Voice America Variety Radio Network this morning. Word of mouth is the best advertising, so please tell your friends about our show. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, as Barry said earlier, we have 480 videos covering all aspects of the afterlife on our YouTube channel, which is in the name of Barry Strong. So thank you so much. I do see that our leadership, our listenership is improving. Tell your friends about it. All we want to do is make your life better. So please join us on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific time. We're here every week on the Voice America Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time.